Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back or welcome to the Driven by Purpose podcast. Per, 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 per. Now, wait, 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 wait. Before we get into the topic for today, I just want to say this. If you love Jesus and if you love me, I'm going to need you right after you finish listening to this podcast episode, I'm going to need you to leave a review, okay? Because more people need to hear about the word of God. And I already know that you are going to love this podcast because I'm believing that the Holy Spirit will speak through me. So please, pretty, pretty, please leave a podcast episode if you have not already at the very end of this episode. Amen. Amen. Now, aside from my promotion and my little ad break, whatever you want to call it, We're going to get into some serious business today, okay? We are going to be discussing something that the Lord has been putting on my heart and my spirit for literally the past eight to nine months, okay? It's been a really long time, but your girl was kind of low-key walking in disobedience. The girl was like, I don't really want to talk about this. Like, this is going to really require me (laughs) to be vulnerable, one, and for me to really go into some deep topics, that I really wasn't ready for, but the Holy Spirit was like, girl, you better get on and talk about this. Because truthfully, after writing out all my notes and really examining this topic, I really believe that this episode will be a blessing to someone who may be struggling in their singleness, somebody who may be struggling to see the the purpose within their singleness. I believe that this is the episode for you. So stay tuned. Okay, now let's get into it. Now, when I was asking the Lord, how am I going to go about this? How am I even going to start? The Lord first was instructing me to share a little bit about myself. So let's get into it. So a few stats about me, if this is your first time tuning into this podcast. My name is Tina. Obviously, I'm 20 years old. I'm currently in graduate school, getting my master's in social work, okay, with a concentration in clinical practice with individuals and families, amen? That's a whole mouthful. But yeah, so that's what I'm currently doing. So I gave my life to Christ when I was about eight years old. Um, however, <clears throat> I rededicated my life to God when I was like 16, going on 17 years old. And then I officially, officially embarked On my season of singleness, intentional singleness at that, when I was 18. Okay? Now, what do I mean when I'm talking about intentional singleness? You may be asking, what is intentional singleness? I thought singleness was just singleness. Now, when I looked up on Google, because I wanted to be a very, you know... I wanted to be very strict and direct with what intentional singleness was, according to Google. I wanted to be a Merriam Dictionary mommy. So when I looked up intentional singleness, this was what popped up on Google. On Google, it said that intentional singleness is when you are intentionally set apart by God within your singleness, right? But to me, what intentional singleness means is that you don't see dating as the world sees it. But you are intentional about dating because you desire a honorable and blessed marriage. So ultimately, in your singleness, you are learning how to be a faithful steward over your talents and resources so that you can eventually arrive at that intended blessed marriage, right? And also... In your singleness, especially intentionally, God is working through you. God is using you. God is just healing you. Like, it's just a lot of things that God is working through you in your singleness, right? 
and to kind of just get into it, even though singleness is a gift from God and God gave it to us with good intentions. I remember the other day when I was just meditating on singleness and how I was even going to deliver this podcast episode. I made a joke with God. I'm like, God, singleness is the gift that keeps giving that nobody wants. Respectfully, it's the gift that literally nobody wants, even though God had such a good intention with giving it. Because just in full transparency, sometimes I love being single, but some other times I don't love it. Sometimes I'm like, God, like this is the perfect season where you're really doing so much through me. You're really using me and blessing me. And then sometimes I'm just like, God, like, where is the man that you have for me so that we could go to the movies or after a long day at work or after a long day at school? Like, God, where is my man to come pick me up? Like, where is my man for us to go to a pumpkin patch? Like, where is he at? So sometimes I do have those moments where I'm very impatient with God and I'm like, God, where where is he like and sometimes it can be really really hard to be in this season of singleness and just to break it down like further because I was thinking about it I'm like God like why is it so hard for us to be single as people especially as young people because this is really who this podcast episode is for my youngins so I'm like God like why is it so hard for us to be single and these were a few things that came to my spirit it is hard for us, especially as young people, to be single. Be- Number one, because we are living in a microwave generation. So we want everything fast. We want everything fast. And even when I look back at the Bible, <laughs> right? And sometimes I would be discontent with singleness. Or sometimes I would get angry with God. Like, God, where my man at? Or I would be pressing God. Like, what's going on? God would always help me look back at stories of Abraham and Sarah where Sarah waited for so, so, so many years for the fulfillment of God's promise over her life. Or even other people like Hannah, who had to wait years and years and years for her promise of God, for her promise from God for a child. Like, seeing those stories where women waited for years, for decades, (laughs) for such long periods of time, And they might have complained, they might have gotten weary, they might have gotten disappointed, they might have went through all those emotions, but they never stopped believing in God and they never stopped trusting that God had a purpose for them. It it always blows my mind because once again, it goes back to us being in a microwave generation where we expect that God is a genie and that he could just produce things like this. He could produce things like this for us when we have not fully developed in our character fully developed in our purpose and we expect them to just grant these things so easily so trust me i'm talking to myself first and i'm talking to you too okay now another reason that singleness is so hard that came to my spirit was because or is because we as humans we desire companionship ah like we desire companionship you ultimately desire someone to be the honey in your tea the apple of your eye all of that the cockroach in your closet, like all of that. You know what I'm saying? You desire somebody that can validate you. You desire somebody that can support you. You desire somebody that can be in your corner, that person that you can vent to. You desire your person. And sometimes it really isn't a bad desire because us as people, we just really want our person. You know, the only bad part is sometimes we just get to a point where we idolize marriage or we idolize relationships, where we start to put those things on pedestals and believe that those relationships are higher and better than our relationship with God. 
That's where the problem comes in. Because I remember getting to a point, this was, I think, this was when I first rededicated my life to Christ. And, you know, when you when you fresh, when you a freshie, okay? We, especially, listen, to all my people who just rededicated your life to Christ, definitely pray for prayers of protection because, listen, the devil going to try and send distractions. So I remember I just rededicated my life to Christ and literally... I remember that, you know, all these distractions started coming my way. And I'm like, God, like, take away all my feelings towards a man. Take away all my feelings. I don't want to have no feelings for no guys right now. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, 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 no. Relationships are bad. This, that, and third. And then the Holy Spirit has to stop me. Like, hold on. Relationships are not bad. Companionship is not bad. It is not bad when it is from me. That's one. It is not bad when it is from me. And also, it's not bad when it is in my timing. Those are two big things. When relationships and when marriage is in, the, is in the timing of God and when he has sent that person to you. Ooh, listen, when he sent that person to you, it's a blessing. But otherwise, it's a curse. And going back to my list of reasons of why singleness is hard. Another reason is because, at least for me, and I know other people have expressed this, people that I know Sometimes in your singleness, you see people, okay? Listen, TikTok is from the devil sometimes. Instagram too. Sometimes you may see people on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. You see people, or sometimes even people that you know. You see people of the world doing it the wrong way, and it seems like they're getting results, or it seems like they're winning. Okay? Listen. Like I said, when I first rededicated my life to Christ, when I was a freshie in Christ, when I was fresh, me fresh, when I was fresh. Listen, hmm. I remember I was kind of fighting myself, fighting my flesh, like, dang, should I just go back to the world? Should I just go back to doing what I was doing? I'm still young. I'm only 18. Like, I could really go and fight. I could do whatever I want. And then maybe when I turn 30, get a family, all that stuff, then I could dedicate my life to Christ again. But right now, I don't need to because it seems like everybody else in the world, they doing their own thing and it's working for them. It's working. And I'm going to share a story in a second. But I want to read this verse that the Holy Spirit brought to me. And it is from Psalms 37, verse 18 to 19. It says, day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times, even in famine. I'm going to say it again. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. More than enough, not just enough, but more than enough. Let's dissect these verses real quick. So first things first, in verse 18, where it says, and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. Sometimes when you see these influencers, these pop stars, these people, you know, in the secular worlds, I can't even really say they have an inheritance. You know, I can't even say it's an inheritance. Maybe they have a, a prize, right? But when you when you notice, prizes aren't really things that last forever. If you notice, okay, like let's say you go to maybe like a picnic or maybe you go to like a baby shower or something like that. Or like a little barbecue, right? And they have, they're playing games, right? At, if you play one of the games and you win, you'll get a prize, right? But you won't get an inheritance. 
Maybe you might get like a $25 gift card to like Dunkin' Donuts or something like that. Or maybe you might get like, I don't know, some bubble gum. You're going to get something that's going to last you maybe for that day alone. So you get a prize, which is not something that's going to last you for too long. But with God and with doing things the right way, you get an inheritance. You see the difference? You see the difference? And God just literally downloaded this just onto me just now. I didn't even realize that. Woo! Like, Holy Spirit. I don't know if you caught that, y'all. I don't know if you caught that. With God, you get an inheritance. But with the devil and with things of the world, many times you get a prize. So you so you seeing people on Instagram. And I'm not saying wish people on Instagram bad and stuff like that. Or wish people of the world bad. No, don't wish them bad. But. We shouldn't envy people who may not be doing or walking with the Lord and they're getting things for that. Because the one thing about the enemy, yes, he'll give once again, I can't say the enemy will give a gift. He'll give a prize, but he'll take it back. He'll, we will, he will reclaim that prize in the end. So it's not something for you to keep. And even going back to verse 19 from Psalm 37, where it says, even in famine, they will have more than enough. On Instagram, I've seen a lot of people, especially older women more so, who have been in the body of Christ for a long time. I hear a lot of them say, like, you know, there is no men in the church. Like, there's no men in the church. You know, being a Christian, it's hopeless. And thinking you'll find someone, it's hopeless. But one thing that the Lord even downloaded to me is that when walking with God, we are meant to have an abundance mindset, not a, not a minimal mindset. Not seeing life, like even in a famine, going back to this verse, even in famine, they will have more than enough. So even in a place that is desolate, even in a place where it seems like nothing is happening, we still are meant to have that abundance mindset because it says in the word of God that we will have more than enough. Why? Because the Lord takes care of the innocent. The Lord takes care of those who walk with him, you know, and Just okay, we're gonna run through the rest of the reasons and I'm gonna come back to this point. But another reason why I wrote sometimes why singleness can be hard is because if we really ask ourselves this question intentionally of why we want a relationship, sometimes or many times we want a relationship not only because we desire companionship, but sometimes we want a relationship because we see other people having one. Let's be honest, let's be honest, let's be real, let's be transparent, let's keep it a book. Let's keep it a buck. Many times we want a relationship. Many times we want to be with someone because, ah, like I saw somebody on TikTok. They're doing the trend. He got her flowers. I want to go to the movies. They're going to the movies. A lot of times because we're on these. And listen, trust me, I love posting on Instagram. I love posting on TikTok. But sometimes I do have to take breaks because I realize that I become consumed. And sometimes that's what happens. We can become so consumed with what is happening with other people. And then we, 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 we take up a mirror and we try and measure up ourselves against that person. And when we see ourselves against that person, we view ourselves or we view the things that we have from, from a mindset of lack. You know, we see that we have, we have less than that person. So social media has its benefits, but sometimes it can be very destructive in the way that the enemy tries to use it so that we can compare ourselves. You know, because it's like a purse, right? Or it's like, for example, with style. Like, I see, like, a lot of people getting into, like, streetwear, 
I don't I don't know if that's what it's called, but like getting into streetwear, right? Right? And it's like sometimes you'll notice some people are wearing streetwear because that's really what they're interested in and it really is their aesthetic. But if you look deeply, there are other people where they might wear it. Like, for example, I'm a social worker, right? I'm in social work school, so I have an internship where I work and I counsel students, right? So sometimes I'll counsel students and I'll be working with them and I'll see that they're not doing these things. They're not, they're not wearing these things because they're interested in it, but they're wearing it for the validation of other people. They're wearing it because everybody else is wearing it. It looks cool. It looks nice. They're not wearing it because they're actually interested in it. But once again, it goes back to the validation of men. What are other people wearing? It's no longer about my interests, my interests to the side. It's about other people. And once again, measuring ourselves up to other people and making sure we have what other people have, which can be very destructive if we are not careful. But I do also want to share, aside from the hardships that come with singleness, I do want to briefly reflect and I pray that this will bless somebody because God wanted me to share what were some things that he did for me and how God helps me in my singleness, right? So I've been single for like four years, right? Like three and a half going on four years. And despite that I'm still young, <laughs> because I've been walking with God intentionally, like intentionally since I was 16 going on 17, because I've been walking with him for a few years and trying to be very serious and intentional about my relationship with him, some desires that he's given me or the mindset that he's given me, sometimes I'd be like, yo, I feel like I'm 24 or 25. Like, I'm over here praying for my husband. <laughs> and I'm like, tw- and I'm only like 20. But it's great because I feel like the Lord is constantly preparing me. But anyway, that's, that's beside the point. Here's some things that God has helped me with in my singleness. So number one, God has helped me to strip away the dependent mindset that I've had on other people. So I can distinctly remember, I believe it was last year. No, 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 no. It was the year before that. Yeah. It was my second to last semester in college. And I had just moved away to move into my college campus um, because I was going to start my job as an RA and stuff. So at that time, it was at the peak of COVID. So like, I had moved in in like August, right? And like at that time, I think there were like barely any residents that were living on my floor at the time, aside from like two other people. And they were like on the other side of the floor, right? So I remember my first week living there or my first month living there, I was so homesick. Like even though I was still living in New York, I felt like God wanted me to not really be isolated, but to just be at a place where it was strictly me and him so I remember getting so homesick like oh my gosh god like I miss my mom I miss my dad like because when I used to be at home listen I'd be going into my mom and dad's room all the time I always jump into my brother's room always talking to them always chit-chatting doing everything with them but God had gotten me to a point where he was like no like I want us to do things together. I want you to depend on me. Like when you need advice, when you want to vent, or aside from venting, when you have a win. Oh my goodness. That was a big thing that the Lord was doing through me in that season of my life and still in this season of my life. Like, <laughs> like at that point, like I was getting accepted to a lot of programs and a lot of great opportunities were coming my way. So I remember like 
I one thing about me, whenever like I get accepted for something or a big opportunity comes my way, I most likely tell my 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 mom first, then my dad, then my brothers, my sister, um, and also my friends, right? But God had gotten me to a point where I think it was one day, like I wanted to like tell my mom something, so I call my mom, I call my dad, they both didn't answer. I call my brothers, and they didn't answer. I call my friends. And they didn't answer, you know, and I remember a few seconds later, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and the Holy Spirit explained like, no, I did this on purpose. I want you to come to me on your good, on your, on your bad days and on your good days. The days where you need help with stuff, but also on the days when you're winning, on the days when things are going peachy, peaches and cream. I want you still to come to me and depend on me. I want you still to come. I want to be your best friend in this season, in that season and in this season. And that was one big lesson that God was teaching me and is still teaching me that he, you know, a lot of times on Instagram, we see like, oh, God is first. God is first. People post like, oh, God is first. God is first. But it's like, is he really? Or is that just something that goes in our bio? Because even myself, me too. I remember I used to have God first in my bio, but God wasn't first. He was not first. But I'm still moving and I'm still trying to learn to literally put him first and be intentional about my relationship with him. And I can't lie, it's hard. But that was one thing that God really has been teaching me in my singleness, that he must be first, not only on the bad days, but on the good days too. He must be first. He must be a priority in my life. And maybe that's something in your personal walk in singleness that you may have to learn as well. Another thing that God had taught me in my singleness was to discover my purpose. Oh my goodness. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of teachers of the word. I'm not saying I'm a teacher of the word because me. But (laughs) like a lot of people, they talk about like, oh, like discover your purpose as a single. Like figure out your purpose, figure out your purpose. But listen, from someone who has figured out your who has figured out her purpose and is still in the process of learning more about her purpose, I am telling you that there is so much fulfillment and there is so much peace that comes from discovering parts and pieces of what God wants to do in your life. There is so much fulfillment that comes from it. Oh my goodness. Because when I was in high school, I remember I, was, I wasn't going through an identity crisis, but you know how when everybody asks you, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? For me, I said I wanted to do everything. I wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be um, a lawyer. I wanted to be a, a scientist. I wanted to be, like, literally everything. I wanted to do everything, be everything, a psychiatrist. I wanted to literally do everything. But at one point, close to when I was about to graduate high school, I was like, no, actually, I want to be a psychologist. And that was something that was stuck with me for like a year, right? But even when I said I wanted to be a psychologist, I was happy with that choice, but I wasn't fulfilled, if that makes sense. It wasn't until my last year of, of undergrad when the Lord revealed to me through people and also through videos and dreams that he wanted me to be a social worker and as someone who started graduate school who's about to go in their second year all that stuff happening you know I can honestly say these past two years with discovering that as my purpose and actually living in it and walking in it 
I literally wake up every day with so much fulfillment. Like I just finished my first year internship um, in my first year of graduate school a few days ago. And on my last day, I cried. Not tears of sadness, but tears of just immense joy. Because literally, I remember <laughs> when I was about to leave the building, all of my kids, they wrote in a book, like all the kids that I work with privately and all the kids that I work with in groups, they literally wrote in a book, like words of, encu- not words of encouragement, but words just relating to how grateful they were to have met me. You know, like literally one of the kids that I worked with literally said that I saved his life, you know, and that will forever stick with me because I'm, I wa- I'm walking in purpose, like God helped me to figure out my purpose. And on my last day, I cried. Like, I literally cried. And I've never cried at no job. I never cried at no internship. Listen, I've had, like, so many internships since high school. And I've never cried at an internship. I've never felt as much joy, peace, and fulfillment at an internship or within a position than I felt at this last one. So it's just, like, even with me going into second, my second year, I feel pumped. I feel ready. I feel excited for what God is going to do, not just through, not just in me, but through the kids that I'm going to work with. Like, I'm ready to be on fire for Jesus. I'm ready for kids to be liberated and set free. And I literally wake up with that fulfillment and that peace and that readiness to do that. And I didn't feel that before. So in my singleness, I realized that God needed me to figure that out because... (laughs) It's so funny. I remember when I was an undergrad and when I knew I was going to come to graduate school, I'm like, listen, God, I need to be with my man. By the time I get into graduate school, we need to be studying together. We need to be like praying together, all this stuff. And here I am, first year done. No man yet. Okay. No man. Not one in sight. But God revealed to me that I needed to be alone this year because once again, it goes back to that dependent mindset. If I was with someone in my first year of graduate school, I, I don't think I would have grown in the way that I grew. I don't think I would have learned as much as I learned. I don't think I would have moved at the speed of light how God wanted and intended for me to do so if I had not been alone. So that was a great revelation that I realized in my singleness, despite it being hard at times, I needed to be alone at that point. Because of what God wanted to do through me and because of how God wanted us to just simply, me and him to just literally, he just wanted it for me, for it to just literally be me and him. That was it. That was it. And you know what? Truthfully, I'm happy that it did go that way. And I told God yesterday, like, and this was beside this thought. I literally told God, like, if I had to choose for it to be done again, I would I would literally still say yes to you, Jesus. I would still say yes to you. I still would follow you in this way that I did. I would still do this year the exact same way because number one, that was your original plan. And number two, it worked out for my ultimate good. And another thing I'm learning in my singleness and what I just want my um, my viewers to know too is that the plans that God has for us, and I'm even talking to myself big time, The plans that God has for us, it surpasses our plans a lot, not only because, you know, he's God, but it surpasses our plans because his plans are just so much greater, so much greater. They're so much greater, like so much greater. And the way that he plans things, it's better than we can even plan. Literally, like literally. 
And while I was preparing this episode, you know, I wrote out, I'm like, let me share some things that I feel that God's people really need to hear. So I'm like, God, tell me some things that you feel like your people need to hear. What are some things you want me to tell your people? Because God, this is your, this is your podcast. It's not mine. So what are some things you want to tell your people? So the first thing was, um, I had seen this TikTok, I think it was three days ago, and the girl was saying, and this applies to everyone, that, and this was one thing that God reminded me of, this TikTok, where the woman said, anything that you don't have right now, you don't need right now, because if you needed it, you would have had it. And that hit me so deeply because... God supplies us with our needs. It says that in the Bible. God supplies us with our needs. You know, and he wouldn't give us anything more than we can handle, right? Or at times I do feel like God does give us more than we can handle so that we can lean on him, you know. So that's a whole other story. Anyways, back to the point. (laughs) Back to the point. God literally supplies us with our needs. You know, so if there's ever a season where you feel like you're lacking in God's eyes, you're not because in God's eyes, I've given my daughter, I've given my son, I've given them what they need in this season. Literally, I've given them exactly what they need in this season. And sometimes, once again, it goes back to that mindset of lack. Sometimes we can view our lives like, oh, if I just had this one thing, eh, I would be hype. I would be good. But that's even a lie from the enemy because the devil just tries to have us moving like that where we constantly live in a state of discontentment, which is not the plan of God. But I'm going to move on to the second point that I have. Another thing that God was downloading for me to share with his people is that there is more to it, especially in intentional dating and marriage. There's more to it than showing off to other people. And there is more to it than just dates, love, and romance. There's more to it. Another thing too is love is complex. There are so many things that are part of love. That's another thing. That's that's another side point. But going back to what I was saying originally, there is more to it than showing off to people, than showing people that, oh, I've arrived. I've gotten the ring, yeah, left hand gang and like no there's so much more to it so much more to it another thing too that the lord had brought back into my remembrance was there was this man of god that i used to listen to when i was in high school his name was coach joshua Eze. he's still on youtube great man of god he said before you decide to get married sit with someone who is divorced because think about it And don't think that I'm just saying this because, oh, blah, blah, blah. Or don't think it's being negative. No. Think about it. If marriage is so awesome, why do people get divorced? I'm not saying marriage is not good. Marriage is great. It's a blessing. It's beautiful in the sight of God. But why why are the divorce rates so high? Why are so many people getting divorced? And literally, I've looked at research about this. I've watched videos about this because I want to understand. So I'm not going into marriage with a naive mindset because a lot of times, 
us in this generation, we can be very naive with things. We're like, oh, I want, I want God to bless me. I want God to give me this big position. And then it's like when the responsibility hits, we're like, oh, God, I don't want it anymore. I don't want it anymore. At times, we can walk into things with such a naive mindset. So I was like, God, I, I need to figure out why some people get out of marriage so quick. Why why do people want to annul their marriages? Why do people want to get divorced? Why do these things happen? So I highly recommend sitting with people, especially also the big thing too, if people in your family are in marriages that are terrible or people in your family are in marriages that never worked or people are in are just are in complete disarray in your family. Sit down. Number one, pray over your family. Pray to break generational curses over yourself. But also examine what happened in your family. Another thing too, talk to your parents. Hmm, talk to your parents. Why did they choose to get married? Shoot, if they're not married, why did they choose not to get married? What were the highs and lows of their marriage? We have listen. In Jesus' name, may we not be naive with this topic of marriage and love in Jesus' name. <laughs> but to kind of like hurry up because I'm taking forever to like get to some really important points that I really have. Like, y'all, I got pages of notes. But anyways, another thing that the Lord was downloading to me, which was, and this was really big that he wanted me to share with his people. And this was really big that he put on my heart just for me to just really think about too when dating is, will the person that you are dating to, or sorry, the person that you're dating, the person that you're talking to, the person that you're talking about, oh, this is bae. This is my hubby. This is, this is my boo. This is wifey. Will this person that you're dating be a good father or mother to your potential future kids? Is this person... Like, is this person a good person at all? <laughs> That's another thing, too. Mercy. When I step back and think about the situationships that I've really been in, I've really realized that sometimes we really fantasize and we romanticize, you know, the the idea of love more so than the person that we're actually with. We We think so highly of love and what it means to be in love that we sometimes many times miss or just pass by the red flags the things that are showing up that are actually wrong because we're just so desperate to be honest let's let's keep it real we're so desperate to be in a relationship we're so desperate to be married this and the like sometimes that's what really that's what let's call it spade a spade that's what really causes us to really look by and really surpass the clear red flags the red flags are not green please they're not and I don't mean to be like mean or anything or to just say it very harshly, but I'm literally saying it as the Lord instructs, <laughs> literally. Now, another thing too, this is a huge thing. Ooh, if you don't listen to anything or if you don't take anything home from this podcast episode, take this home, which is what the Holy Spirit was downloading. Satan knows that if you are unfinished in your singleness, you will have a greater chance of producing a bad marriage. I'm going to say that again. Satan knows that if you are unfinished in your singleness, you will have a greater chance of producing a bad marriage. You will. You literally will. 
Because if you're unfinished and you're single, there's more than likely you will be in a hurry or even desperate to just get with someone. Maybe you might get married, maybe you might have kids, and then the the relationship will eventually sizzle out. Things could go left, blah, 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 blah. And the ultimate plan of the enemy, or not the ultimate, this isn't the ultimate, but a big plan of the enemy when it comes to marriages and stuff like that is to produce bad ones, to produce ones that bring shame. Because the thing is, is God found in marriage. God looked at marriage in a very high way. God didn't see it as the biggest and baddest and best thing ever. No, but he sees it in a good way. So the plan of the enemy is to put marriage to shame. And to produce as many bad marriages as possible. So he wants people to go into them unfinished. You know, you know, unfinished and get into marriage prematurely. Another thing too that I see in this generation, and the Lord ain't telling me to tell his people this, but I feel like you know how Paul would say things, and he'll be like, I feel like I'm using the wisdom of God. I feel like I'm using the wisdom of God a little bit with this too. Cause I see this a lot happening in this generation. A lot of people are like into this whole open relationship thing. Like they didn't like they dating one person seriously and then they in an open relationship and like sleeping with like multiple people. And granted, we don't judge on this side, but in the Bible it says that we can judge righteously, not judge in a in a mean way, but in a righteous manner. So if we're judging righteously, truthfully, I don't necessarily think that's the best thing because I feel that sometimes with dating multiple people, even sleeping with multiple people, especially outside of the bounds of marriage, that can bring along the spirits of confusion, literally. But we're not even going to get into that. We're going to get into that another day because, girl, God, this, this podcast episode getting long, okay? Now, a few things that the Lord was also downloading to me to share, to give to his people about singleness and if you are in a season of like just straight up frustration like you over being single you just want god to release your husband you just want to just get into a relationship with this person that you talking to whatever one thing that one scripture that came up um was psalm 30 psalms 37 verse 34 to 38 it says put your hope in the lord Travel steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. I have seen the wicked and ruthless flourishing like a tree in its native soil. But when I looked again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Look at those who are honest and good for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. Mm. Hmm. Let's go back. Let's go back to verse 37 where it says, and by the way, this is all from NLT. But when it says, look at those who are honest and good for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. Listen, if you are single and if God has explicitly told you that it is his plan for you to get married and to be in a righteous and blessed marriage, you will be married in his perfect timing. And especially if you are walking in his ways and you are trusting him, you can have assurance knowing that a wonderful future awaits you because you love him and you love peace, you know. And in your singleness, in my singleness, one thing that I'm learning is that God needs to be the leader, not feelings, not emotions, not none of that. 
God needs to be the leader. And going back to Psalms, Psalms 32, specifically verse eight through nine, it says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best, the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you, but do not be like a senseless horse or mule. (laughs) Yo, the Bible is hilarious. Not a mule. But it says, do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bits and brittle to keep it under control. Basically saying, don't be rebellious. Don't let your feelings, don't let your emotions get you caught up. Okay, because even me, there have been times where it's like, I know I'm not supposed to be talking to this guy. I know I'm not. I know I'm not. But it's like the feelings of like, um, this person said I'm pretty, even though I already know that. Even though God made me pretty and I know that. I know that I'm pretty already. But hearing it again, it's like, oh, like, you know, you kind of get caught up in the feelings and all that stuff. You let your feelings and your emotions be your compass. But it's like here it says, don't be like a census mule or horse that needs a bits and brittle to keep it under control. Don't be that person that needs a thousand failed situationships to get to the promised land. Don't be like the Israelites. That's a story, right? Don't be like the the Israelites who needed to go around in circles for years and years and years just to get to where they were originally supposed to be, to the original place. They were supposed to only take 11 days, right? Only 11 days. And they would have gotten there. But they over here, years and years and years and years and years in just straight up confusion. Don't be like that. And I'm even talking to myself too. You know, don't don't move in circles for years on end. And even my current pastor, um, he always says, stop complaining, stop murmuring, like be in the season that God has called you in, like just stay there, stay there. Don't be so quick to leave. Terry, pray, you know, be strong, be courageous in your singleness, but don't you dare move firstly out of where God wants you to be. And number two, don't complain and don't murmur like the Israelites. Don't, don't, don't do that. Because you're just going to stay there for a longer period of time. Like, anytime I want to complain, I'm just like, Lord, help me. (laughs) Lord, help me. Because once again, it's hard. But, yeah. I want to wrap this up because this is already going to be like 42 minutes. And this has never... I've never done a podcast episode that has ever been this long. So, this will be the last thing. Or the last... I have like three more points to share. The first point that I just want to share ever so quickly is an analogy that the Lord placed on my heart while I was preparing this episode. So I'm going to give it to y'all, plain and simple. Let's say you go out with your friends, right? You go out, Let's say y'all go to Six Flags, right? And y'all been out all day, but y'all ain't buy no food, right? So let's say y'all come back to one of y'all friends' house, or let's say y'all go to an Airbnb, great example. Let's say y'all go to Airbnb, right? And y'all are hungry, right? And y'all got all these groceries, but y'all are hungry. Y'all, but And y'all don't want to order no food, right? So let's say y'all had a plan to like chef it up together to like make like a full course meal. That was what y'all was supposed to do, right? And let's say there are four of y'all, right? But three of y'all don't want to make that three course meal y'all just want the three the three the three people in your friend group 
they just want to have ramen noodles, right? But you are that only person saying, no, I want a three-course meal with a dessert, right? And let's say all three of your friends, they made ramen noodles and they eating up the little ramen noodles. They enjoying the little ramen noodles. They eating up, eating it up, eating up, right? And you're st- while they're eating it up, you're still cooking. You're still making your three-course meal with a dessert, right? And they finished up their little ramen noodles. But in the end, in the end, this is the point that I'm trying to make. In the end, because they had ramen noodles, because they had a quick fix, they will get hungry again. And eventually they will still have to make that three course meal that they were complaining about making from the very beginning. Whereas you, you waited, you tarried, you toiled, you, you, you might have even suffered from hunger while making this three course meal. But you made it though. You made it and you will enjoy that inheritance. It goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Inheritance. You will enjoy that three course meal with a dessert. You're not going to have no quick fix. You're going to have quality. You're going to have something of quality. You're going to have something that can last you. You're going to have something that won't cause you to get hungry again overnight. But you will be fulfilled in the end because you waited for that three course meal. I hope that y'all understand the analogy. But basically, it just means like sometimes you will just be that one person set apart. You will be that one person set apart saying that you have standards, that you're going to wait on God. Everybody might seem like they're getting a little quick fix, they little ramen noodles. But you are here literally waiting on God. You're waiting on God. You're trying to be patient. Sometimes you may have your slip ups, but you're waiting on God. You are doing the work that needs to be done. So just focus on that. You're going to enjoy in the end. And that is all that literally matters. Amen. And another thing, another point that I wanted to share is another part of intentional singleness is literally letting God take the wheel and releasing your plans, your timelines, and your worldly expectations. With walking with God, you take a risk. You take a worthwhile risk, but you do take a risk. Sometimes you do take a risk of the biggest risk. You're dying to yourself. You're dying to your plans. Once again, you're dying to your timelines. You're dying to your expectations for a bigger and better will that you may not be able to fully see the scope of that at that specific time. But you're dying to that and you're hoping and believing that that will will come to pass. And it will, but it just requires patience. So it's a risk at at times. But it's like, like I said earlier, I told Jesus the other day, I'll do it again. (laughs) I do it again. Even with the frustration, even with the annoyances, I would do it again because I know that it's worthwhile. I know. Like, who knows? My future husband probably listened to this podcast episode right now. He like... Yeah, bae. Yeah, tell him. Tell him. Tell him. And yeah, I'm telling him. Period. I'm telling him about this intentional singleness. Amen. So it's just like, listen, I'm doing what's needed to be done. I'm toiling. I'm tearing. I'm praying. I'm covering my husband. Um, I'm pouring into this ministry that the Lord has given me. I'm doing what I have to do. Granted, there are still other things that I have to do in my season of singleness that I'm still learning to do, but I'm doing what's needed. I'm doing what's important. So I definitely beseech you all to do the same. Think about the last thing that God instructed you to do. I remember 
somebody was like, don't you dare ask for God to like elevate you if you haven't even done the last three things that God told you to do on that list. So if you haven't, I beseech you all go and do or go and think about the last three things that God has told you to do and start doing it and start working on it. One of those things for me was doing this podcast episode. God has literally been pressing it on my heart for months upon months to, to release this. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be intentional about that. So here I am, you know, and I do also once again beseech you all to just truly read Psalms 37 in fullness. And another thing, too, in your singleness, if you're frustrated, if you're discontent, if you're annoyed, if you're just waiting on God, I definitely advise everyone to literally give it to God, cast your cares onto him and go to bed. Literally cast your cares onto him and go to bed. Be honest with him. Express it to him how you're feeling and literally go to bed. Literally go to bed. Don't try and get noticed by that guy on Instagram. Don't try and force things to happen or manipulate things. Don't try and move out of God's will for you. Literally do your part. Do what he last told you to do and go to bed just knowing that you did that period. You know, and another thing too, mom. This is the last thing I'm gonna say. My mom told me um, a few months ago because she was just talking. She was just sharing an example of somebody that she knew, and she was like, "Yo, one of the worst things that people can do is say, I wish I was living in that person's shoes.' Because first of all, you don't even know what that person had to do to get the things that they're getting right now. So you really don't wish that you were going through that, or you really don't wish that you had that. So she was just basically talking about it, and I just wanted to just really briefly share about that. But anyways, everyone, this podcast episode is getting so long. This really has to be one of the longest episodes I've ever done. But I feel like God was definitely speaking through me and was definitely present. So if you got to the end of this episode, clap for yourself. Also, don't clap for yourself. Clap for Jesus. Okay, clap for King Jesus. Period. And also, if you're a new listener, I pray that you will subscribe to listen to more content. I definitely do want to do a part two where I go even deeper, if possible. <laughs> like, if possible. But if the Lord allows me, I will do a second episode. But before I do a second episode, first of all, if you're listening to this podcast episode, I'm going to need you to screenshot it and post it on your Instagram story and tag me or something. Tina Wiena, period. Tag me. I'm going to put it in the description. Tag me, tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your brother, tell your cousin, tell your sister, tell everyone you know about this podcast episode. Tell somebody about Jesus, period. That's that one that like let somebody know about this. And then also like leave a review. If this has touched you, if this has blessed you, if this has encouraged you in your singleness season, leave a review. Like, period. So God bless everyone for just sitting through this. I greatly appreciate it. And I love you all with the love of the Lord. And I'll be back with another episode whenever God calls me at this point. Amen. Amen.